0: Welcome to the Wisdom Journey. Stephen Davey is teaching through the Bible with a new lesson each weekday. This journey is designed to help you know what the Bible says, understand what it means and apply it to your life. Today, Stephen's lesson is called The Final Authority. Jesus Christ is God, and as such, He possesses all authority. The only question for you is whether you'll submit to His authority in every aspect of your life.
1: In our wisdom journey through the four Gospels, the next event that takes place is recorded in Matthew chapter 4. Jesus is leaving Nazareth, Uh, they've turned hostile toward him. And here in verse 13, we're told that Jesus now settles in Capernaum by the sea in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali, so that what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. Now, this is an easy passage to overlook, but it's important to recognize this decision is not random. It was actually announced through Isaiah 700 years earlier, and now it's being fulfilled by Jesus the Messiah. It's also quite possible that Jesus' mother Mary, now a widow, was no longer safe in Nazareth. It's a town that had turned violent. They wanted to murder Jesus, and perhaps uh, he's moved her here as well. Matthew's Gospel records that Mary and Joseph had several children after Jesus was miraculously virgin-born, that is, before Mary and Joseph came together. In fact, Matthew even provides the names of Jesus' half-brothers in chapter 13. Two of his half-brothers are going to go on to write books in the New Testament, the books of James and Jude. But as Mary's firstborn son, Jesus' cares for her, is responsible for her. He moves her and, more than likely, the rest of the family into a safer town. Now, Matthew, Mark, and Luke all record this next event in Jesus' life. And since Luke has the fullest account here in chapter 5, we're going to go there. And and the overriding theme is going to reveal the authority of Jesus. And I want to mention first here that, that Jesus is going to demonstrate his authority over other priorities. He begins this way here in verse 1. On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, that's that's the Sea of Galilee, and he saw two boats by the lake. But the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. Now, Luke names Simon, that's Peter. James and John as three of these fishermen. Matthew and Mark mentioned Simon's brother, Andrew, as a fourth individual. All four of these men have had significant exposure already to Jesus' teaching. In fact, Jesus gets into Simon's boat to finish his message. And then he tells Simon here in verse 4, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Now, I wonder If Simon had the passing thought, you know, what would a carpenter know about fishing? Simon Peter is a veteran fisherman. But uh, to his credit, maybe skeptically, he follows Jesus' instructions. And in verses 6 and 7, the catch is so huge and the nets become so full that they threaten to to pull the boats in or sink the boats. Now, suddenly— Simon sees the Lord here in an entirely new light. In fact, verse 8 says, He fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. But Jesus responds in verse 10, From now on, you will be catching men. See, he and his companions are now going to become fishers of men. Jesus is challenging Peter and these other men to completely change their priorities in life, and they do. In fact, verse 11 says, when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. Now, keep in mind, they're not just leaving their boats. They're, they're leaving their careers. They're leaving their livelihoods that, that they've built up. You see, their priorities are suddenly rearranged by the authority of Jesus. Now, let me point out that Jesus will demonstrate his authority as a teacher. If you go back over to Mark chapter 1 and verse 21, it says, They went into Capernaum, and immediately on the Sabbath he entered the synagogue and was teaching. Verse 22 says, They were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one who had authority, and not as the scribes. You need to understand that the typical scribe or rabbi in Jesus's day taught by quoting other rabbis. Well, Jesus isn't quoting another rabbi. He isn't quoting anybody. In fact, Jesus often would say, perhaps you recall, he would say, you have heard it said, but I say to you. See, Jesus is teaching upon his own inerrant authority as the Word of God. Now, as he's teaching, suddenly a demon possessed man cries out here in verse 24, I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Well, Jesus immediately demands the demon here in verse 25 to be silent and come out of him, which it does after creating a little bit of a commotion. And, and the people, by the way, are shocked again. In fact, they say here in verse 27, what is this? A new teaching with authority. He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. Well, this must have been quite a service there in the synagogue. Now, once that it's over, Jesus is going to demonstrate his authority over sickness. Here in verse 29, Jesus and his disciples walk over to Simon Peter's house, probably for lunch, But Peter's mother-in-law happens to be sick with a fever. By the way, if Peter had a mother-in-law, that means he had a wife, right? I don't know of any man who has a mother-in-law without the benefit of having a wife. Peter was a married man. Now, if we put the gospel accounts together, we see that Jesus rebukes the fever. He helps her up on her feet, and she's so completely, miraculously restored to health, that she immediately begins to go out there in the kitchen and start fixing lunch for everybody. Absolutely, entirely, completely healed. Not surprisingly now, Mark's gospel tells us that that evening, the whole city was gathered together at the door, and Jesus is going to continue to heal the sick. Well, this has been a busy 24 hours of teaching and healing, but Jesus gets up the next morning at daybreak to pray. Simon and the others eventually find him, and they, they try to bring him back into town. You see, to their thinking, Jesus has more people to heal there in Capernaum. They say to Jesus in Mark chapter 1 and verse 37, Everyone is looking for you. But he says to them, Let us go on to the next towns, that I may preach there also, for that is why I came out. See, the disciples misunderstand Jesus' healing ministry. That's not his primary mission in life. The ministry of Jesus goes much further than physical illness. Healing a body is good, but healing a soul is greater. And that's because physical healing is temporary. Spiritual healing is eternal Well, finally, Jesus is going to demonstrate now his power to save. And here again, Matthew, Mark, and Luke combine to give us the, the fullest account. Jesus is preaching throughout Galilee, and in one of the towns, a man with leprosy comes and falls down before Jesus and says, Mark chapter 1 records it here at verse 40, "'If you will, you can make me clean.'" Now, up to this point in biblical history, you need to understand leprosy has been healed only two times. Once, back in Numbers chapter 12, and then in Second Kings chapter 5, the Jewish people knew full well that only God could heal leprosy. But this leper doesn't doubt the ability of Jesus, does he? He simply says, if you are willing, you can make me clean. He believes in Jesus. And he calls out to the Lord in faith. Well, Jesus reaches out, and he touches the man, and he says those wonderful words, I will, literally, I am willing, be clean. And let me tell you, Jesus is willing today to save the lost from their sin. He will. But the Bible also says everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, Romans 10.13. In other words, he is willing. The question is, are you willing to come to him? Well, Jesus says to this former leper here in verse 44, Say nothing to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest, and offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded. Now, verse 45 records what this former leper did instead, but he went out and began to talk freely about it and to spread the news. (laughs) This is, to me, uh, rather convicting. He's told to keep quiet, but he can't help spreading the news. You and I have been commanded to spread the news, and too often, well, we keep quiet. Now, we can't excuse this man's disobedience to the Lord, uh, but we can 't excuse our disobedience either. Let me ask you a question. Who are you telling today about Jesus Christ? This man can 't keep silent because he he can 't get over being delivered i i can 't help but wonder if if we keep silent because well we 've we 've gotten over it let 's be more faithful. Let's declare the salvation of the Lord. He's healed us spiritually forever. Well, until we set sail again on our wisdom journey, beloved, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.
0: Before we end our time today, is there anything that you'd like us to pray about? We have a team of people who pray for requests that come into our ministry. We have a web page that you can use anytime you have a request. Learn more about this at wisdomonline.org forward slash prayer. We'd also be grateful if you'd pray for us. That website has some specific prayer needs and ways that you can pray for our ministry. So, whether you want to pray for us or have us pray for you, I encourage you to join our global prayer team. Here's that webpage once again. Visit us at wisdomonline.org forward slash prayer. Then join us next time to continue the wisdom journey.